Hello everyone, this is Trey Borden, and welcome to this episode of What We Gonna Do. Yeah, we've been dealing with just the most kind of typical, unfortunately. I mean, every every situation kind of brings up kind of the same strength of feelings, but... Um, we have been dealing with some real, real tough shit uh, in this country this last week. Just some really graphic and terrible reminders of who we are as a country. You know, we are Chris Cooper, who can go to Harvard and wake up every morning he wants to and go fucking birding, you know, which is the like most low key, unobtrusive, literally quiet activity you can do. And you can yet still somehow meet someone like Amy Cooper, who is just in Central Park, dog off leash, complete in violation of everything you're supposed to be doing at that time. And when you politely suggest to her or at request of her, leash your dog, which is totally reasonable given that it's not supposed to be off leash in this specific area. And that woman can react like, oh, you told me to do something? You're threatening me? You're going to try and get my dog some treats so that I put him on leash? Well, you know what I'm going to do to you, sir? I'm going to call the cops, and I'm going to tell him there's an African-American man who is going to threatening me in my life. And if you know the fraught fucking history of white women getting, you know, of men of color in Central Park attacking white women and how the police have responded to that and like how the criminal justice system has responded to that, you know, which everyone knows. And I'm sure people are aware of walking through Central Park. Uh, that bitch knew exactly what she was doing. And then she proceeded to call the police and tell her in her, I don't know, she went from random financial executive in Central Park to fucking Meryl Streep on the phone, just like, oh my God, please send someone immediately. He's, he's attacking me and my dog. Oh my God, please, a big African-American man. Please hurry. Oh my God. I mean, like this bitch needs like the, <clears throat> the Karen Oscars. They didn't call them the Karens. You know, she can be the first recipient. Um, best Karen goes to Amy Cooper because that bitch is truly gifted in the art of uh, saying whatever the fuck she had to say as convincingly as she had to say it to get a black man killed over some dog leash encounter. Um, thankfully Chris was not killed. They left. He posted a video. Her life is ruined. She's lost her job at Franklin Templeton. Big ups to Franklin Templeton. I would say suggest you need to be doing some training and some surveillance over all of your people. Amy Cooper was, has a big old job. You think she's the only person at Franklin Templeton who might have a pocket race problem? I would also suggest you go and look at all of the people of color who have been somehow fired or let go under this woman because I'll bet you they have a lot of fucking stories. You might need to be hiring them back and they should probably be lowering up too. Um, but in this encounter, you know, all that happened was a white woman humiliated herself and exposed herself to be a complete dumbass racist. And Chris is now a gay icon. We stand uh, a black gay icon. He used to fight for queer representation in Marvel comics. And he's on the board of the NYC Autobahn society. Like, you know, Good for you, brother. I'm so glad that that was the outcome. We've also dealt with the worst outcome possible, like the extension of Amy Cooper's actions. And that's what happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis. Now this, 
You know, there's been so many videos of Black Death that have been, you know, thrown around um, uh, with all of these tragedies that it almost becomes, it's, it's been interesting to see the, the kind of discussion go, you know, watch the videos, like, believe that this is happening, believe us when we say, like, they, these cops are out here killing us, people are out here killing us, and now the, and now the conversation's like, stop sharing these videos because it's traumatizing black people, like, fuck. Um, but, you know, I, I unfortunately did watch this video. Um, and I couldn't sleep, and I, I, I know I shouldn't be surprised, but every time you see something like a police officer with his full weight on, you know, someone's neck with his knee, and, you know, crying and distressed people around them screaming for him to stop, and then other police officers, you know, who are seeing what's going on doing literally nothing... Uh, and then what we don't see in this video is that behind the car, all we see is this kind of sneering white cop with his knee on the guy's neck saying, ha ha, you know, basically, while this guy screams, I can't breathe, which is, you know, triggering on like a super monstrous level for many people watching this. Um, and what you don't see is there's two other cops behind the car. Like when the mayor said we fired all four cops, we were like, well, what the fuck were the other two cops doing? Oh, yeah, they were also kneeling on this brother. So you can imagine three people are kneeling on this black man who's restrained. They were called to deal with a motherfucking fraudulent check. They're like, Some, there's an, someone's impersonating someone with money. You got to come handle him. He did. He did in one of the most violent, despicable ways possible by people who are supposed to be helping communities, protecting communities. Um, and I hope they burn in hell. You know, I don't want forgiveness. Firing, that's great. And in this day and age, it's crazy that them, the police being fired for murdering someone in broad daylight over some fucking checks is uh, a huge, un, an unusual win. But, you know, if you work at a bank... And you miscount that money, at a, you're a teller, you know, that person should be fired, perhaps. Um, maybe after a couple of chances, but like, sure, fire them. Like, that's an appropriate repercussion. That is not the repercussion for murder. These people need to be in jail, and they're evil people, and they're a part of an evil system, and they love to traumatize people. I don't know how the fuck you sleep at night if you're a police officer in this country. Because even if you yourself are trying to do the right thing or helping your community in whatever way you can, you turn a blind eye to this shit. You're a part of a system where this is met with com almost complete impunity around this country. And you are willing to be a part of a system that says we won't even sacrifice one of our own who's in clear violation of the law, of the ethics and codes that we swear by. Uh, they're murdering people. This dude, apparently, who had his, you know, number one guy on the neck, this cop, um, he had like 12 or 14 previous instances. So George Floyd, rest in peace. I'm so sorry you had to go out like that, you know, calling your mother, saying I can't breathe on, you know, global video at this point. It's, it's so distressing to watch. So um, thank you to our, to this week's guests for three amazing black people who are out here trying to build community and provide healing spaces for our community. Um, you're really incredible. And it was so amazing to kind of hear your strategies for how we can come together uh, and how we can kind of use our power to heal one another from these traumas, 
to provide wellness, to use platforms that are globally visible to investigate the most important issues of our time together in innovative ways. So thank you so much to Heather White, Damon Turner, and Whitney Richardson. Um, I really, I'm, I'm so, so grateful. Uh, and I think that it's, it's a, a good segue to go from a week about how do we build community and get people together and gather people to next week, which is about how do we actually use performance? How do we get platforms for people that then use them for political power? Um, I'm wearing a shirt right now. This is from, I found it on this Instagram, LGBT underscore history. They're an amazing catalog of queer history. You should look it up. Uh, and this is uh, a kind of replica of a shirt that I saw that said, if you think faggots are revolting, we are, which is, you know, high camp and humor, but it's also like, we're not here to play. This is from a guy named Chris Johnson who wore it to San Diego Pride 1975. Imagine wearing this shirt in San Diego in 1975. It's hard to imagine half the time wearing this shirt in 2020 in San Diego. Um, I mean, Hillcrest notwithstanding. Um, so anyway, so next week I wanted to feature three uh, all queer, uh, performance artists, artists, musicians who are using their platforms to call out what's going on in this world, to empower their audiences for how they can use what, you know, whatever empowerment and kind of agency and platform they possess to demand change and justice in this world, um, to call out the, the hypocrisy, the rampant evil and hypocrisy uh, in this country and in this world with their um, platforms. Um, and so I'm very excited to talk to them. Uh, first up, we have Tara Lopez, my girl, Sacktown916. She is a the front woman of Rituals of Mine, which is a you know, up and coming, very, very good band. And she's also the founder of Bitch Wave Studios, which is a record label that she uses to kind of support other up and coming artists. She's dope as fuck. And she is a queer Latinx woman. And she is also using her platform to advocate for racial justice, queer justice, uh, sexual justice, and female empowerment. She's also, you know, the creator of some incredible installation pieces. Uh, one of them is called This Is What It Feels Like, where, you know, men are encouraged to go into a dark tent, put on some headphones, look in the mirror, and uh, hear what catcalling sounds like, you know? Um, it's a, you know, a way to kind of build empathy with people that you, you know, women who you're like, why are they always talking about this cat call thing? It's like, cause this is what it fucking feels like, dude. Um, so she's that person. And so she, I am so impressed with the way she's been able to build a platform to go through an industry that is not friendly or welcoming to women, period, especially not women who got some shit to say, uh, and are not trying to conform to like the usual standards of like grooming and wants her people that like her music to go out and do some shit just fuck some shit up in this world um i'm so excited to talk to her uh next up we have tyler matthew oyer who is a queer performance artist uh singer songwriter and visual artist so he he would love this shirt a lot of what he does is to kind of in to investigate and interrogate kind of our queer histories and the, the many, many, many lost souls that we have who are not here to provide their leadership, their mentorship, their example, their, their history. Um, and so he will kind of summon them into the present by kind of reperforming um, their works. Many of, you know, 
many of which are not well known, obviously. And he does it in these very visually astonishing and beautiful ways. Um, he's also a gifted visual artist, and he's a singer-songwriter with a album about to drop. So busy time for him. Uh, it's really interesting for some of these people who are performers who have very, very busy on the road, flying around the world lives, and have all of a sudden had to be like, well, in a flash, that is gone. And so talking to him about how, you know, he, that's affected his practice, how that's affected kind of his, you know, how, what he's seeing in the world, uh, how he's taking care of himself. I think that these are all extremely important questions, some of which were touched upon this week. And so I'm excited to talk to, to Tyler um, and bring that conversation to you. Last but not least is uh, one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Um, one of the most bold and courageous people on the planet. Her name is Queen Amore. She is a trans performance artist and activist. Uh, and she uses her body, like her actual presence and her body to um, demand that people accept queer and trans bodies, to call out capitalism, to call out religion. Um, she usually will show up in a thong and maybe some sort of bra and uh, religious iconography, you know, dressed like Mary Magdalene with devil horns, uh, with a crucifix and a big ass speaker. And that bitch shakes her ass. She goes to prides, she goes wherever she wants and she reclaims space and says, you are going to reckon with me today. And it's incredible, like the reaction that she experiences, I mean, runs the gamut to, people pulling guns to people kind of coming out and never feeling like they could be more expressive. Like she's giving you such an example of authenticity and fearlessness and self-acceptance, radical um, kind of change advocacy. And she's doing it a really fun and, you know, extremely subversive, but also fun way. I mean, she said, you know, DC Pride, she's the Pied Piper of, of girls who are following her, twerking their asses, taking over cop cars, taking over parades and demanding to be seen and heard and not apologizing. Beyond not apologizing, she's like, and you ain't shit. Uh, and I think that it's in times like this where we're dealing with just like the true cost of evil and hypocrisy in our society. Uh, it is so important for all of us to do what we can. Gather, gather whatever little platform you have access to or mobilize the gigantic one that you have built and use it to try and fix something in this world. The likes ain't cutting it. You know, the, even the money ain't cutting it. If you're using what you, if you're trying to muster a platform for anyone's benefit, but the people who are marginalized and who have literally knees to their motherfucking necks, uh, then I don't know what you're doing. And I, I won't respect it. And so, you know, bridging, Gathering, which is like, how do we even get people to connect and form community and want to be around one another and want to help one another and, and feel solidarity with one another to the performers, like the people who are out front who are saying like, look at me, I have something to say, I have, a, I have space to claim, but I'm going to use that to empower you and to get you to focus on the most marginalized, to focus on what's wrong in this world and think that you have a role in fixing it. You have a responsibility and duty um, and ability to fix it, um, I think is really beautiful. So thank you so much, Tara and Tyler and Queen. I can't wait to um, showcase your conversations next week. Um, 
the rest of what I'll say is, you know, rest in peace, George. Like, again, I can't stress enough how horrified I, I am and continue to be. Minneapolis is burning. I will also point out that we've been seeing these crazy motherfuckers, these anti-vaxxers and Trump supporters and whatever, uh, breaking, protect, breaking stay-at-home orders, government-issued, and rolling through a governor's state capitol strapped with AR-15s and fucking COVID probably and all types of stank attitudes and getting up right close to a cop's face and saying, I can't believe this shit. And it's like they're both playing a part. It's like, I'm going to be the completely irrational, potentially violent, armed white person in your face. And you're going to play the stoic cop who is like, not going to touch him, not going to do shit to him. It's like, we know how this goes. You do you. I do me. We both leave. It's all cool. Minneapolis, three police officers literally smother a man to death in broad daylight in front of, after all we've seen of this, they still do this with such impunity that the guy's damn near sneering and saying, I wish I'm going to be able to get away with this shit. This is what I love. I love it. I'm supposed to protect you guys, but this is what I truly love, you know? And then of course, people are fucking enraged and want justice and show up nonviolently to say, stop killing us in the street. You know, one group is doing this with AR-15s over a haircut. The other group is doing this completely unarmed because they know if they showed up with AR-15s, no one would ever see life again, you know, and, and they're met with World War motherfucking three artillery, tear gas, uh, tanks, I'm sure, hella helicopters, you know, Minneapolis is on fire basically because of the bullshit. And, you know, they shut down the 101 and you would have thought that there was like uh, a massive, massive military undertaking with the amount of helicopters you saw, the surveillance that you saw. I had people texting me from around the country being like, don't leave your apartment downtown, LA's getting crazy. I'm like, well, it's about to get crazy. It needs to get fucking crazy. We are revolting. And I think that like, that is the energy that needs to be brought to 2020. Not just from these crazy asses who are so selfish and uh, kind of unthinking that they're gonna put people's lives in jeopardy so they can have a fucking haircut and not feel like they have a little bit of oppression. If you feel like that's oppression, try being George Floyd. Try being Chris Cooper, try being me. And on that note, I would say, check on your people. This has not been an easy week for me. I can't imagine what it's like, been like for other people, people who have lost family members and friends to, to this type of violence, who are triggered beyond belief by these incidences and their prevalence. It's like, they went away for a second because literally we were all locked in the house. And the second we even peek outside our door and start to like, in some places, uh, go outside, it's like shit never changed at all. You know, we didn't have a global pandemic that like grew solidarity between communities and like made us all realize we, that we were the same and that poor, black, rich, Chinese, South African, whatever. It's like all of us are in this together and we got to start like putting the bullshit aside. Um, no, that did not happen. As soon as we got outside, the police started killing us. The white women started, you know, calling the cops on random niggas trying to get them killed over bullshit. And it's really dispiriting. It is. Even when you think that you're doing something productive, like, I'm like, well, what are we going to do? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I wish I did know. And I think that while this has given me some effort, uh, some modicum of comfort, it is hard. And so I would say if you're, if you're worried, check on people because I know that they're struggling. I have been struggling. So with that, um, 
I hope to see you next week. Uh, and you know, if you're if you're emotionally and uh, kind of mentally able, uh, have a great day.